ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. T-minus five, four, three, two, one. S1 engine ignition, MLO is high. Lift off of Alpha Flight 2 on its mission to the black. Second time's the charm. Firefly Aerospace successfully reached orbit, deploying satellites a year after a failed first launch attempt. The 95-foot-tall Alpha rocket joins a small but growing club of commercial space companies that have reached orbit, including Rocket Lab, Astrospace, Virgin Orbit, ULA, and SpaceX. And there's a huge market that's going to fill that payload bay. Um, we want to be on a cadence um, that this company could produce rockets and launch capability that we could do six next year and then 12 the year after. Very much within our grasp. Austin-based Firefly, which is valued at just over a billion dollars, has had a roller coaster year. There's a new CEO at the helm, Bill Weber, and I caught up with him to discuss the recent milestone and the startup's ambitious future. I'm Morgan Brennan, and this is Manifest Space. Uh, so you've, you've just come off a very big milestone for Firefly Aerospace. Talk to me about the successful launch you just uh, pulled off to orbit. Oh, well, um, look, there's so many different levels to that. Uh, you certainly got the, the, the people, you know, EQ, human interest side of this. Uh, what I saw uh, in, in that launch control center and on the pad uh, later uh, and just in the days since then is the absolute triumph of people that have put their entire life's passion into making sure that that rocket got to orbit and achieved what we were hoping it was going to achieve. So that was fantastic. Um, you know, on the um, just on the science and technology side of things, it is incredibly difficult. Obvious statement number one that I'll make today: um, incredibly difficult to do what what Firefly did on Saturday morning. Uh, it's why so few have. Um, and so there's there's a, there's an incredible sigh of relief and and um, uh, and you know, take a breath for half a second uh, on that note alone. And then there's the business side of this that's just really fascinating that um, uh, space more and more um, is not a it's not a science experiment. It's not a one time anything. Uh, it is more and more companies um, legitimately showing that that space is is open for business. There are there are there are good, reputable organizations that are able to take those who seek to get to space there. Uh, and Firefly just um, just announced our presence uh, pretty loudly in that realm too. So, I mean, we couldn't be more happy. There's a whole lot more to do, uh, and we know we're not alone in this race. There's a lot of really good organizations that are going to come, you know, right behind us, and and several that are already there. So uh, it's exciting, no doubt. Uh, so, given the fact that you did just announce your presence so loudly with a successful uh, launch to orbit. Mm -hmm. Have you seen more business come in just since that happened? <laughs> yeah, we were going to have our, our sales and business development people join uh, me on this call, but they're, they're, they're busy taking orders right now. Uh, <laughs> now, um, you know, 
there were we, we we had a lot of interest because Firefly hasn't been bashful about what we aspired to do, uh, and and Alpha uh, is was a was a was a when not an if, and so we've been in dialogue and discussion with customers, commercial customers, and certainly government customers for a long period of time, but what started with uh, with AE when they bought the company and and completed the Series B investment. Uh, earlier this year, March, Feb February, March timeframe, uh, certainly will continue from with my leadership going forward. We're not really interested in taking a bunch of non-binding pieces of paper that have really, really, really low discounted price points or something we aspire to try to go do going forward. What we what we will do, and what we have done is have very rational, mature conversations with customers. Uh, and then when we're ready and, and when we can actually do what we say we can do, then then we'll sign contracts and we'll sign agreements that uh, that give them a manifest and give us the assurance that that they have a payload that needs to go up. Uh, and so that work uh, is uh, is going like like gangbusters right now since Saturday. Hmm. So it's very um, we're you know, we've got we've got a lot of plans for 2023 and four and um I don't think we're going to have any issue with, um, with our any issues. Firefly phases will not be who's going to ride and 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 you know how full the payload will be. Run through some of the numbers with me. So it's fifteen million dollars is the price tag for a launch. Right. You're looking to do one more before the end of this year and then ramp that cadence up next year. Yeah. So the, so cadence is the important thing. There's so many so many things about launch schedule that you just can't publish a calendar and say here it is. Right. There's. Um, those who have done this know there there are a lot of different um, factors that will weigh in that that Firefly itself does not control. Um, some of them are customer based. Um, some of the payloads that are that desire to get into space in 2023 are still being worked on right now, and there may be changes there. And so what we want to do is control the things that Firefly can do. So 15 million dollars we believe is a price point. Um, that the market says, look, for that value, um, I get my own ride. I don't have to ride share. And I get exactly where I want to be uh, in volume, in bulk, um, as opposed to something too small or too large, which are the current options for anybody, whether it's a lower 300 kilogram payload um, that, that doesn't have the capability that Alpha does or a rocket that is significantly larger so you're riding with somebody else. So we think 15 million, um, based on what we've heard from customers, is, is the right place to be. And there's a huge market that's going to fill that payload bay. Um, we want to be on a cadence um, that this company could produce rockets and launch capability that we could do six next year and then 12 the year after. Very much within our grasp. And um, and so right now, now that we have proven we can do it, that's that's the activity that if you came to Firefly today, whether it was in Cedar Park or out at our Briggs uh, facility in Texas, um, you would see activity focused on that. And then at Vandenberg, reconditioning that pad so we're ready to go as soon as we can. Mm. Um, let's talk a little bit about that market. Mm -hmm. You said it's a really yeah. big opportunity. Um, when we talk about medium lift, how how big is the total addressable market there? And given the fact that you do have some 
competitors who maybe haven't yeah. made orbit yet, but kind of nipping at your toes, be it an LB, ABL space or maybe a relativity or I know Rocket Labs uh, developing a new rocket as well. How do you think about that landscape? Yeah. So first of all, let me just say that um, I think there could, if you're not careful, there could be an arrogance that creeps into our celebration that would say we got there, nobody else will. That's just ridiculous, right? And so our perspective is relativity and ABL are filled with just as many passionate, driven people and believe in their technology and the approach they're taking, they're gonna get there. I don't think there's anybody inside Firefly that says, oh, they'll never, you know, they'll never, right? But we all do know it is tough to go from where any of the, um, those that desire to get into orbit it is tough to go from where they are to that space. And so what's the undefined is how long will it take? And so, mm. so for us, what we're suggesting is we're ready now. And, and by the way, more providers in the, in the payload lift capacity that we're in is good for everybody. It's certainly good for customers. It's, it's good for the market. More legitimacy means more uh, customers will say, okay, now I can really think about deploying my constellation or my asset whatever it happens to be, there's plenty of room. So here's here's how we would define the market. Rather than get into numbers that your you know your listeners or watchers would go, well, I'll take issue with, you know, the source <laughs> of this or or otherwise. Um, you know, the internet and social media is fantastic for that, right? Um, here's what we do know. Um, launch capacity for the first time ever in 2023 will be eclipsed by the desire of, of things and, and, and organizations that want to get to space for the first time. Hmm. So there will not be enough lift as scheduled right now with capability that is available in 2023 for those that say, I have well-funded or developed payloads, assets, spacecrafts that need to fly. Now that's projected to continue through the end of the end of the decade in the medium launch class. And so what we say is how many how many legitimized launch companies can can exist? Um, I, I don't know the answer to that. And I think anybody that would try to tell you it's X number, you should probably check their source and their data and why they believe that. What I do believe is that there's plenty of room for all of those that are here now and a few others. Um, we've got work to do collectively as a community to get the assets to space that need to get there. We're not worried about, hey, you know, it's just going to become a competitive fight. There won't be dozens of launch providers, but there could be, and there may not even be double digits, but there's enough room for all those that have plans to get there. If all of them were successful uh, to get to orbit in the near term, um, it, it, the competition's good for all of us. It makes us sharp on the, on the provider side. It, it tells customers they have options that they may not have had before. Mm -hmm. We're not afraid to compete. And of course, launch is just one business that yeah. you're looking to build out at Firefly Aerospace. Um, you're looking to be much more vertically integrated. So the space flight services, mm -hmm. not to mention mm -hmm. some of the other um, hardware as well, but yeah. I guess just walk me through some of the other business lines that you're currently developing. Yeah, so so Firefly's future is built on you know three pillars, and they are they are equally as important. They're all critical to our success going forward. First of all, it's to get alpha, as we talked about, into full rate production capability, not once, but once a month and then and then and then once a week. Um, and as it's the workhorse of that medium launch capability right around that same time, built on the same technologies, a larger structure of, a, of a, an all composite carbon composite rocket 
and a very similar tap-off engine cycle technology engine, which is patented um, in, in the Reaver engine in, in Alpha, will then turn into the Miranda engine in mm. the MLV. And so it's a larger version of Alpha. It's not a redesigned rocket. It's not new technology that this company's never proven. It is just a scaled up version at 13,000 kilograms of what we're doing at 1,300 kilograms with Alpha. And so right around the time that Alpha is at once a month, we will come online with MLV uh, through our agreement with Northrop. And then, and so interestingly, lo and behold, in between those two events, we're gonna put a lander on the moon. Our spacecraft, Blue Ghost, through a contract that is already underway. If you came to Briggs today, you could you could touch components of it. You can see uh, uh, where it's gonna be tested. You can meet the program team that's building it today. It is going through testing as we speak. It's not notional. Um, it, it, it's going to fly. And, and if NASA wants to move that mission up, we intend to be in a position where we could do that. Um, and then that'll give way to other spacecraft. We can talk about that in a bit. But our idea is, if we're launching and we have spacecraft that go on our vehicles, then we control a lot of the variables that stop customers today. And, and it also gives us a more than competitive chance at the business model when, again, we control launch and we control things that land, orbit, or remain on station. That's a great place for Firefly to be. And that's the company that, that we are today, not the one we aspire to be down the road. All those things, by the way, that I just talked about, we're building them today. We have contracts and revenue to do that today. Yeah, that's such a, I mean, that's a, that's a key point that you're making as well. I mean, how great is the, is the moon opportunity? We know it's tens, if not potentially, when all is said and done, hundreds of billions of dollars uh, in terms of Artemis. I mean, is that, is, is, it, is it Artemis? Is it commercial no. opportunities that stem off of Artemis? How are you thinking about it? Yeah, so there's, you know, obviously there's different ways that NASA is viewing, all right, how do we view the return to the moon, right? And so the, the program set that we're part of is the CLIPS program mm -hmm. uh, inside of, of NASA. The Artemis is, is really focused on uh, ultimate um, people returning to the surface of the moon, all right? So they're too complementary, right? Ours is a get there, get on the ground, and then gather data uh, and pull that back with with payloads that will deliver a ton of information that'll be complementary. But you have to do the one before you can do the other. And so they're very much hand in glove. Success in one gives a lot of optionality for future launches. Um, and so you, you asked how great it is. Man, if we had a party today and said, all right, everybody who's gonna put something on the moon, show up to the party, it, we, we'd be partying with ourselves and you know maybe a couple of other organizations. It's a select group. Um, but you do, you have to pinch yourself around here when you say, this isn't a dream of what we hope to do. We're building it. It's going to fly in the next mm, 18 months or so. Some of that's mm -hmm. variable, but it's going, it's going in the first half of 2024. Um, and, and we're on, we're on track to meet that schedule. And, um, the customer couldn't be more pleased with our performance on that mission. So, uh, it's, we're stoked. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> And how does this pave the way for other types of future spacecraft? Yeah. So, um, again, very similar picking up on that theme. We don't we don't just want to do something once. The people that are building Blue Ghost didn't did, didn't put their life's passion into this just to kind of, you know, win, win the science experiment or the, the science expo. 
Um, what our vision is, is that you use the learnings, just like we have with Alpha going into MLV, you lose, use the learnings of building Lugos and the vertical integration, the very same processes, the same manufacturing floor, the same materials management, a lot of the same engine and thrust technology uh, that goes into our set. You use that across all of them. Ultimately, what we're going to do, and we're going to fly this next year, is we're building a, a space utility vehicle line of craft, an SUV line of craft. And the idea would be it's a very flexible platform. It's going to fly on Alpha, and then we'll build a larger iteration that could fly on MLV. The idea there is, first, it's a, it's a boost, a, a third stage or a kick stage to get the payload um, further up into orbit or to an exact point, because that becomes more and more critical uh, as more things go there and as we have further reach. Um, and, 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 and not only will it act as an additional stage for accuracy, it can remain on station. It can be refueled. It has a useful life and it is a, you know, 1-800-move-my-space object type of a, you know, uh, service offering to our customer set that either they can buy their own asset from Firefly and we'll manage it for them and uh, manage it in orbit where they have it on call to reposition or do surveillance or to deorbit, clean up, clean up trash, the FCC guidance and ruling that just came out recently is huge. We're all, we're all fans of sustainability and not damaging that environment. Well, you got to do something with all the things that are there. And so SUV is, is again, we're going to fly that on an alpha mission uh, sometime in the 2023 timeframe. Uh, and it'll, it'll continue to build and develop from there. That's, <laughs> That's what we're doing. Um, and so again, the idea would be, we are an end-to-end -end space transportation company. We can get you there. And then when you're there, depending on what you wanna do, we can build you the craft that's gonna do it for you. Uh, it's pretty amazing. You're, you're, you're gearing up for a very busy 2023, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's um, a lot of dirt being moved around uh, within Firefly right now to, yeah. to make room, no doubt. Wow. No doubt. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess along those lines, I want to go back to the rocket engines for a minute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the Miranda engine you mentioned, how did that partnership? I mean, I've had multiple conversations with Kathy Warden over at North of Bremen where she's talked about how close she, closely she's watching so-called new yeah. space and commercial space and, you know, the opportunity for partnerships. How did this partnership come about? Yeah, it's a great partnership. Again, I think it takes the very best of legacy space and all the lessons that they've learned over, you know, a long, long period of time. Um, and it takes the, the innovation and flexibility that new space brings to the table. And it says to all of us, okay, well, let's, if you could combine those forces together, uh, and you have the power and the girth of something like Northrop Grumman combined with, uh, what, what Firefly brings to the table, man, you, you might have something there. And so we do. So it started well before, um, hostilities in Ukraine broke out. Uh, we were in discussions on an, on an advanced second stage uh, build out. Uh, interestingly, with, on the second stage, those conversations began with Northrop Grumman. So that allowed the organizations to get to know each other. And this predates me. Uh, so I'm somewhat of a historian here, kind of telling what I knew as I got to know the company and said, all right, very same question you had, how legitimate and, and well-developed is this partnership? Well, it turns out it was years in the making, um, got to know each other, got to know the cultures. Are they compatible? Frankly, some new space and legacy space companies 
don't go well together. Uh, which, um, but there was commonality there and a similar drive of let's make this, you know, work in the future. Um, and then when things happened the way that they did with um, the war in Ukraine and the tragedy that that is on a human level, notwithstanding, uh, it also interrupted significant capability that is required for space. And so Northrop Grumman uh, found themselves with a little bit of a gap that needed to be filled. And so those conversations around the second stage then quickly turned to, could you develop a first stage for us using similar technology to what you're already doing? And then could we bring that to our customer and get their buy-off? And that happened in rapid succession. Would not have happened if the company wasn't in discussions well in advance of you know, a, a, a major event like uh, the war in Ukraine. And so the, 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 the foundation was set. We were able to move fast. They were very interested in moving fast. And that's where you saw um, the cooperative partnership come together. So um, uh, we couldn't be happier. It certainly gives us uh, a huge uh, validation. North Carolina could have picked anybody to work with, anybody, including do it themselves. They, mm -hmm. they have some resources. Kath, Kath, Kathy could probably wave her hand and, and make some things happen. But they chose <laughs> instead uh, to, to work with Firefly. And we, we couldn't be happier that they did. And we're going to make it the best decision they've ever made. Mm. I mean, yeah. Firefly's been, it, it's interesting because as we're talking about uh, your goals and, and milestones you're looking to achieve in 2023, I mean, 2022 has been a pretty, <laughs> intense year for Firefly as well. Uh, and you just mentioned that, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty new to the helm here. Yeah. Uh, so, so I guess just walk me through that process because it really, I mean, speaking of Ukraine, it really started with founders last fall, new ownership, yeah. new investors, um, you know, where have we come from in the past year and where does it go from here in terms of, yeah. in terms of all of that? Sure. So, um, look, com companies like Firefly have an iteration and a maturity model that they go through. And um, and there was a point in time a while ago where um, um, the decisions were made to uh, to do a capital raise. And so um, that that source of capital was Ukrainian in, uh, uh, in its origin. And um, and later on, there were some issues that that arose from that, frankly, that our customer um, the U.S. government said, look, we're just not comfortable. It's got to, you know, in, in order to do more with us, it's got to change. And so um, that was a turbulent time um, because obviously when you, when, you, when you pin your structure on that kind of a, of a build and resources from there, um, and then that's interrupted, uh, it, you know, it, it can create some uncertainty. And so the, comp the company's fortunes really changed dramatically um, when AE said, um, look, in the Series B, we'll not only participate, but we'll take ownership of the entity overall. And so the financial stability, the industry knowledge, and the experience that they can bring to bear in this company, their thumbprints are all over what's going on uh, um, inside Firefly today. Um, and it's been a great relationship. I don't think anybody in the company, and I've talked to, I've talked to, uh, you know, most, many, if not all, all of the folks here at Firefly, I haven't heard a single uh, person express anything other than, you know, thank goodness that there is a mature, legitimate relationship that our customers comfortable with, that has the backing that we need. And so, first, when you get that underpinning and that foundational work done, it allows you then a lot of flexibility going forward to say, all right, um, 
what can we build on top of that? Then came the Northrop Grumman agreement um, and, and the validity and validation that that provided. Then came the continued build out of the management team, being able to, uh, to attract uh, folks with different skill sets than the company had before, um, you know, like me, but but not not certainly not restricted to me, and, and maybe not even the most important of which is me. Uh, people that would say, "Okay, I'll, I'd love to come help you in this cause. It's 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 a noble one, and it's a fascinating one." Um, and then you know, all of that leading to contracts that are starting to come in and a successful launch. So it's been a it's been a monumental 2022, but. I think we'd tell you, you haven't seen anything yet. Just, just, just hold on. This is going to be um, a really interesting 18 months for this company. Mm. Uh, so we get, we get, we get through that 18 months. We get through all those milestones. What's the vision for the company? Does it become public? Does it stay private? Does it maybe become bigger or yeah. be inquisitive? Like, how are you thinking about all of those different? I guess capital yeah. raise possibilities and 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 expansion possibilities. Yeah, sure. So here's what I'll tell you. Um, any um, and voice of experience here. Um, haven't haven't done this sort of thing a time or two. Um, <laughs> have run public companies. Have have IPO'd. Have run private companies that sold to to public entities and and vice versa. Um, what what I'll tell you is sitting in the spot that Firefly is in today and trying to time the market and say, all right, make no mistake, we are preparing for X. I think that's irresponsible. I think our job here, uh, all that stuff that, um, you know, you gotta kind of take a breath and, and, and go maybe even take a nap after you say it, cause it's a lot to do. Mm. Um, you go execute on that and you go be successful at Alpha Foray Production, MLV coming to life and launching and carrying customers and landing on the moon and then building uh, spacecraft capability. You do that well, all of those options are available. We will not have any issues of raising capital. If the right thing is for the company to, to consider a strategic partnership through an acquisition, um, uh, then then that will be there as a, as a possibility. If the right thing is for us to, to, to gain access to the public markets, I'm quite sure we will be a very attractive IPO possibility. None of that happens if we don't go execute. So very long-winded way of saying, I don't know. And, and spending any cycles on that now, I think is irresponsible. It's, it, we, we should put those more into how do you go execute the day-to-day, month-to-month, quarter-to-quarter that this company needs to be sharp on or mm. none of that's possible. So that's how we're looking at it. Yeah. Do you have enough capital right now to achieve what you're looking to do over the next year and a half? We do. Um, and again, part of that is the relationship and the financial stability we have with AE that wasn't there before. Now, um, when's the best time to go raise capital? When there's not a pressing need for it. And, and when and when you got a lot of things going your direction. So we got a lot of phone calls from a lot of different <laughs> entities starting Saturday morning um, around uh, 1210 <laughs> and um, uh, Pacific time, that would be. So um some of those were folks that said, listen, um, I missed out on previous space um, possibilities. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get into SpaceX and, 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 and could have. Um, I don't want to miss the next one. Is that you? Can, can, can we have some conversation? And those are great 
man, those are those are fascinating opportunities, and that's um, and we're gonna we're gonna take a look at all that uh, and do the responsible thing for you know for our employees and our shareholders. That's that's my job is to make sure we don't miss any of it. Hmm. It's pretty amazing how just in a couple of years, I find myself having more of these conversations with CEOs such as yourself of space companies um, and investors. It does you know as as we see the space economy begin to actually open up now, all of those things that everybody's talked about for so long becoming reality, yeah. like a firefly going to, you know, flying to orbit, um, that, that this is all actually now coming to fruition. It's so. real. Like I said, it is not there. You know, there are companies that have renderings out there and a lot of cool PowerPoint, but, but space is a space is a, is a fascinating, exciting business today. Um, yeah. And all I know for sure is fireflies right in the middle of it. Well, we appreciate your time yeah. to talk about all of it. Yeah. Bill, thank you so much. That does it for this episode of Manifest Space. Make sure you never miss a launch by searching Manifest Space wherever you get your podcasts and by following the Squawk on the Street podcast. For more on the space race, be sure to watch Squawk on the Street on CNBC. I'm Morgan Brennan. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.